Blog Talk Radio. Made a wrong turn once or twice. Dug my way out, blood and fire. Bad decision, that's alright. Welcome to my silly life. is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Are you ready to make some magic? Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. 
Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Sestivani. Good afternoon, everybody, um, and welcome to Keep It Magic. It is September the 11th, 2012. Um, you, of course, are listening to Keep It Magic, and we're sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. So cruise on over there and give our sponsor a little bit of love. I am here, of course, with uh, the glamorous lady in my life, Miss Jackie Smith. Um, you can reach her at Coventry Creations as well. Make sure that you cruise on over to our show webpage, which is www.keepitmagic.com. Again, that's www.keepitmagic.com. To reach me off the air, of course, go to stormsestivani.com. To follow us on Twitter, it's at Keep It Magic, and our Facebook page is www.facebook.com forward slash keepinitmagic.com. And you can also, you know, there's a lot of Coventries on uh uh, Facebook, you may want to uh, like those as well. Can you believe, Jackie, that it's been 11 years <clears throat> since September 11th? I can, because it does feel like a long time ago. It feels like, well, it's literally a generation. I was I was thinking about this the other day that it's it, it, there's there's literally literally a whole other generation of of adults out there that grew up post 9/11. That grew that, up post adults that grew up post nine eleven. They're adults now, but they did they they were in um, they were in high school or junior high during nine eleven two thousand. Okay, I was worried that they changed the adult age to ten. Oh, which may ex- might explain a lot. But but you know they they had one reality, but then you know that that junior high like seventh eighth grade when you're starting to really pay attention to the world, who um you know who now, who are now adults. And who have a different take and a different reality um, than we did when we were growing up. Yeah. So it does feel, yeah, it does feel like 11 years plus, you know, I watch my child grow. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a that was a challenging time then too. But um, yeah, it, and it it feels distant. But here's the thing: is it also feels like people are still locked down in it. This is 11 years ago. Yeah. This is 11 years ago. That's a long time. I mean, our lives change, what, every five to seven years? You know, our, we have a whole new set of organs and whatnot because we change every seven years. But think about it. Your life rotates in circles, and every five years it's a different life. Yeah. One of the things that I was I was talking to a friend last night and uh, uh, on the Skype machine. and uh, On the Skype machine? On the Skype machine. And uh, actually friend. two friends on the Skype machine. And um, what we noticed is that, that it was right up. I was finishing up an article on New Moon. And so I was going over that and just talking because I can multitask. And um, it was right at midnight, and um, I was still up a little bit late. And I went onto Facebook to check basically what was going on, and immediately I saw the 9 Now, my issue in regards to this, and this is going to be a little bit controversial. Please be. Is, is I understand the 
the need to pay respect to the 3,000 people that died. Mm-hmm. What I don't necessarily like is the continued vilification of innocent people. Explain. Um, you know, in, in some places you would see a lot of, uh, you know, anti-Arab uh, uh, commentary. Okay. Um, you know, like, it was all the Arabs that did it. Um, uh, and, you know, a lot of um, anti-Iraqi and anti-Afghanistan. Do you know that 33% of the population of the United States still believes that Iraq did 9-11? I know. Um, so a lot of this, and it being perpetuated in social media, mm-hmm. really, you know, kind of bothered me um, because I think that it's necessary to kind of um, remember. I don't think that it's necessary to continue to vilify. No, it's not. It's not because um, th- those are two different things. It's like vilifying um, the entire Christian population for... Um, Oh, I forgot. Timothy McVeigh. Yes. You can't do it. You can't. One, one, one and one is not equal two here. This is a different faction. This is a different folks. Whether it's like you can't be afraid of all black people just because there's there's a part of the the population that lives in the ghetto and and breaks into your house. It, it's it's the same thing. Yeah. These are not. This is a small part of the population, and in Detroit, well, you know, Detroit has the largest. Um, Middle Eastern community outside of the Middle East. Yes, definitely. And so this is this is my reality here. These are the people that that are around me. These are the people that. Um, but but here's here's the thing, is that whenever there's a group that is um, <clears throat> making it, who's prospering, where part of that group is angry mm-hmm. and um, extreme, you're going to have people who then. Resent the group that that are making it. Yeah, I, I. Uh, well, I mean, just look at the Jewish community and yeah. the, the persecution there. I mean, it, it, the the Middle Eastern community is a tight community, similar to um, a lot of the similar um, social norms as the Jewish community. So, um, anyway, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, I I, I agree with you um, wholeheartedly, and basically, you know, one of the things that. Uh, that I always try to get people to remember is that it was not too long ago that there was the same vilification in any form of alternative form of spirituality, whether it be mm-hmm. Wiccan or pagan or Kabbalistic or mm-hmm. um, Buddhist, you know, Buddhism or Confucianism or whatever. Um, you know that there was the same type of linchpin type of uh, of reality, and more wars and more bloodshed has happened over spirituality or quote unquote religion than uh, than anything in human well, history. But that's what we're still in the middle of in the Middle yeah. East. I this, agree with you. This is based on on re- well religion and oil, but um, this is this is the two of them together because we're warring against Islamic countries. Now here's the thing about about the. Um, Quran that I was um, listening to and, and um, uh, learning about is the Quran. Actually, Muhammad was very peaceful. Mm-hmm. He wanted peace, and and in the Quran it talks about you only war when you're being attacked, but you have to be merciful to who um, to your enemies at the same time. So so if you you know beat them in battle, etc., and, and you capture them, then you need to show them mercy. And um, and and I'm completely paraphrasing, and I have not studied the Quran, 
So I'm not an expert at all, and, and people are going to quote other things back to me. Um, but in this uh, in this um, show that I was watching, and they talked about both sides of it, and they talked about how you can interpret it different ways. But if you look at the early days of Muhammad building, um, uh, writing the Quran, it was very much all about peace and getting um, closer to the divine. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And one of the things about the month of Virgo, um, in general, Kabbalistically, um, is that it is the particular period. Interestingly, the what according to the Zohar, and the first day of Virgo, the light pulls back, okay, and doesn't come back again until Yom Kippur. And it is considered during that period, which is why the sign of Virgo can be very, very heavy for many people, um, is because of the fact that what it is that we're dealing with during the month of Virgo is dense reality. Um, hmm. And it can be very, very heavy, and you know, people start looking at uh, uh, different things, and they start noticing their problems and their garbage in their life and things of that nature. And um, it's also, you know, last week we talked a little bit about Teshuvah, and I got a lot of emails and a lot of questions about it. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that I want people to understand is that, yes, Teshuvah means repentance, but the closer word in English that means Teshuvah is actually the word nullification. Um, which means that the issues, your garbage, your difficulties, that there is the ability, um, using your mind um, and a little bit of magic, um, for you to go back and work on the particular issues uh, that are going on in regards to your life. And I was going to put up a blog about this today so that people had it beforehand, but I really wanted Jackie to wait a couple of days to put it up because I wanted people to actually write this stuff down. Yeah, right. <laughs> so they can write it down and then, you know, let it go into their mind um, in a very practical way. Now, one of the things that the Kabbalah says is that when you do Teshuvah, which, is mean, which means repenting for an area of your particular life that is going crazy, and I'm just going to be upfront and honest that what I'm going to be working on this year is approval addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, even though that um, a lot of people see you know, my outer shell, Jackie, which is, you know, confident and, uh, you know, um, knowledgeable and, uh, you know, very restrained. Um, uh, I, you know, because of the fact that I suffered from abuse as a child, um, I have went through 40 years of my life seeking other people's approval. And I even went through a year and a half after starting to deal with the issue before I could really even get to the point where I could even look at Teshuvah from this particular perspective. So I'm just I'm just going to weigh it out there. There is a part of Teshuvah where you go, um, where you do something that is called confession, which we will explain in a little bit. But I'm going, I just want people to know right away um, that I am going to be working on approval addiction over the period of the next year, and I'm using the month of the Elul to go back, or Virgo, to go back and correct some, a lot, I'm not going to say some, a lot <laughs> <laughs> of the mistakes that, uh, that, that I have made. Well, I just want to throw something out there really quick with that, because you were taught, we were, we were talking about um, times of year, et cetera. 
Well, we're also coming up on the autumnal equinox, which is more of the pagan wheel of the year, which is the balance between light and dark. Yeah. And and that comes at the very tail end of the month of Virgo. I mean, it ends. It, equinox is at the end of the month of Virgo, meaning the twenty first. Um, this really, as I started thinking about this, really interesting because equinox is about balance, and and I started thinking about how I think. Some of we we have the the surface level meanings of the different um, wheels of the year um, within the pagan community, but I think a lot of that's lost because I know that there's a natural process. This is what fascinates me when you bring up something um, from the Kabbalah um, about this time of the year is this, this time of the year is that. And I'm like, oh my God, it so is. <clears throat> but of course, what we, in in pagan times. Um, Way back when, everyone was about the process. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as freewheeling as people think. <laughs> it really wasn't. There was times where you went to temple. There was times, whichever temple it was, there was time you you had to do your work. You didn't just say, "Oh yeah, Bridget, yeah, my girl, woo, let's go." You actually had to do your work, and you had to do your tithing, and you had to do a lot of this stuff. It was absolutely a part of it. So I think some of that's lost. So it makes a lot of sense. Tishuvah, or this nullification, or this this um, repentance, brings things back into balance. Because as we're talking about that, is that what you're nullifying is, is are the things that stop the light from entering your life. Exactly, and one of the things that you know I mentioned to you the other day because I found it in the Zohar, and um, actually I didn't find it in the Zohar. I found it in the writings of Isaac Luria, which doesn't have an English translation yet, so I have to labor over it because my Hebrew is not perfect. But um, uh, one of the things that it said that the purpose for Tishuvah and going back and correcting the seed not only does it correct the original seed, Jackie, and I thought that this was important for you in regards to Akashic Records work and even magical work, is okay. that if you go back and you correct the particular seeds and you nullify basically everything from the past, and that may even include past lives, right? Up to now, you're also changing the particular future. Um, as well, and you're nullifying any form of future events that may have erupted or any kind of, you know, um, abscesses that may bust um, as a result of you're doing this particular form of uh, of nullification uh, work. So, you know, I thought it was interesting because I've done Akashic Healing, of course, with Patty, and, um, you know, through the particular process of working with Patty, you know, one of the things that we did is that we went in and we canceled all of the particular contracts that I had, um, uh, uh, you know, by using by using Michael um, and you know nullifying those particular contracts, mm-hmm. you know, and it was an immediate release. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, I think that that those particular cutting off those particular cords in those contracts, Jackie, um, even though that I have you know, gone through my own uh, difficulties um, uh, dealing with my issues, I think they could have been worse. I, I think so, too, and, and I think that, well, working with the Tishuva, working with the repentance, working with the nullification, working with the Akashic Records, doing these, making these changes um, can change your future. It can set up a, a, potential, a potential future, a more probable future for you. Um, it can absolutely change that, and, and I'm the walking proof of that. Mm-hmm. We just celebrated 20 years of doing Coventry, and I was sitting here thinking about it, thinking about all the spells and all the work I've done over the past 20 years to keep keep this going. 
this absolutely was some this this tiny little business is making a few candles thing not necessarily technically viable with no funding. I mean, really, I've had no. You know, usually, when you start a business, you have like a, a big chunk of money. Mm-hmm. I started this on a hundred bucks. I've never had any funding for this. You know, so I've always. That doesn't mean we don't want funding. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Absolutely, I would love some funding. Oh man, I think I'd be dangerous with a little bit of funding. Yeah. <laughs> um. Actually, that is something that I have been thinking about. Literally, what would I do if I had funding? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been thinking about that for the past couple of weeks because that was just all of a sudden a shift in reality for me. It's like, if I had funding, what would I do? And I'm I'm literally coming up with a plan that's something that I teach people all the time. If money were no object, what would you do? Now go do it. So that's kind of like if I had funding, if money were no object, what would I do? And now go do it. And that's that's just one of the – I was like, I never thought about that. If I had funding – what could I? What kind of dangerous things could I do? But I think this is all part of, part of of this process. And I know we talked about the show being about um, you know healthy food and and what was mm-hmm. the name of our show? I forgot even. Um, uh, metaphysical uh, metaphysics, magic, and health. But that's exactly what this is. Yeah. Because my big confession, which I'm sure you all know about, is we're waiting for Jackie's confession. <laughs> um, my confession is, as we'll get to it. It really is I have to come to the reality is that um, I am, I guess, addicted to food because addiction is what you use to to uh, nullify your fears, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so so that when I'm uncomfortable, when I'm I, – I use it for, to make myself comfortable socially. Go figure, I really get a little shy and uncomfortable socially. Me, you know, people are always amazed when I say that. Yeah. Um, but you have your game face. You have your game face, and I all and I I fully believe that we are all like 13 years old inside, if younger, <laughs> if that old, um, that we're all terrified of, of what it is that that um, life presents to us. We're all scared. None of us know what we're doing. We really do. Any of us know what we're doing? Uh, no, no. And one of the things you know, I I think the root of most self-defeating behaviors. It, this is great irony, Jackie, but going right now down the street is the ice cream truck. Why not time? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Wait, the ice cream truck is I'm going to put my phone down and tell them to hold on. <laughs> It'll take her two days to get here, but sure, right. hold on. Um, but I'll be skinny by the time I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think that the root of most self-defeating behaviors in one way or another is fear. And one of the things that I was reading today, which I thought was, you know, just kind of blew me away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I had to duct tape myself to the chair, not to tell you until the show. But basically what it was talking about in regards to fear is that fear is when we make the conscious choice to disconnect from the tree of life and connect to the tree of good and evil. And basically what that means is that we make the conscious choice for physicality, for the physical world, the 1% realm, to be the name of the gang. So everybody write this down. Disconnect, disconnect from <laughs> tree of life and connect to the tree of good and evil, yeah. Which would be the 1%. Which would be the 1% or the physical illusionary um, realm. The non-magical realm is what we'll call it. Um, you know, just as a sidebar, you know would be fascinating is compare the 99%, mm-hmm. the Occupy Wall Street 99%, with 
with that 1%, 99% in the Kabbalah. Yeah. It's, Wouldn't that be fascinating to just look at, see if there's parallels or talk about that? It's it's definitely, well, that number 99 is very, very important in regards to, I mean, um, uh, in, in regards to Kabbalah because it represents all of reality except for the physical. And the physical is the 1%. Now, now you know, we, yeah, we talk about the 1% and the 99%. Um, I mean, because really we're living, we're living in the 1%. You're sitting in front of your computer listening to what being a part of the one percent, you know, mm-hmm. right now, with your with all of your technology, with looking out into the street and seeing the ice cream truck go by, that's really a big pill to swallow too. So, and think about how much bigger the pill is when it's in the ninety nine percent. Now, one of the things that we have here, Jackie, is we have the twenty steps. So we're going to give you twenty steps of Tishuva. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, until this year, I've been stuck at number two. <laughs> have I mean uh, you brought this concept up to me a couple of weeks ago and I've been thinking about it and working on it and here's the thing that happens is that I start doing something something happens in my life and then before I can even tell Storm about it he's saying okay well this time of year it's the tishuva blah 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 and I'm like no shit I'm doing that right now and it just it, it's happening all on its own so it it really is amazing how um um it's good to know that there's some answers so you can so you can find your way through it. I love pulling from different systems. Yeah, I I I think that it is really um uh when you combine both of these particular systems together. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's really really transformative and that there's nothing um you know, the magic in Kabbalah, you know, a lot of people get very, very caught up in the magical uh, side of Kabbalah. And for me, Jackie, the magical side of Kabbalah is doing the work. Oh, yeah, that's a self-transformation. That's what magic is. Magic, alchemy is transformation. Yes. That's what it is. You know, the whole lead into gold um, alchemist thing is really, it's, it's a metaphor for your spirit. It always has been. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's go to a break, Jackie, and then we'll get back with the 20 steps. Okay. Um, we're going to go to a break about two minutes early, but right. we're going to go to the 20 steps on the other side. You're listening to Keep It Magic. Don't touch that dial. We'll be back in a flash.
Welcome back to Keep It Magic, everybody. I am Storm Sestavani, and of course I'm here with the glamorous Jackie Smith. Um, <laughs> it is currently 4.29 in the afternoon here on the East Coast, and you were just listening to Call Me Maybe by Carly Jensen, whatever her middle name, Carly Ray Jensen. I don't even know, but I just know that that whole beat, Jackie, makes me feel 14. Oh, I know. Um, so okay. I just love it. If you're going to keep calling me glamorous, we're going to have to take a minute and do a um, wardrobe check for um, <laughs> the beginning of the show. Because I tend to dress up for the radio shows because you keep calling me glamorous. <laughs> That's only because I can't stand your shoes, and I hope that you're putting a new pair on. I have a lovely pair of Sensible Mary Janes on with cute little seams on it. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Oh, by you know, that's wonderful. You don't even care. I don't but even I have care, a really. really adorable little colorful scarf tied around my throat. I have a little poof in front and like in a little fifty style and a and a um oh yeah, I look adorable today. So yes, I'm a little bit glam. I'm a little fifties glam this morning. I like your hair the most of all. I love it when you go and get your hair done every week. Um and and you send me the pictures. <laughs> I get my hair every five, six weeks. Not every week. I'm not a Grammy. I have more pictures in my iPhone, Jackie, of pictures that say, don't ever show this to anybody, you know. And and, and she has these aluminum foils. I swear I could plug her into a TV and we'd get HBO. I know. It's hilarious. Just because I know I can share it with you and you'll laugh with me. And you'll find the funny in it with me. My other friends will go, what? It's not about you all the time, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. Um, interestingly enough, we have um, uh, the other glamorous woman, uh, Veronica V., uh, who is a dear friend that's in the chat room. And uh, first of all, I want to say that she gave a wonderful compliment about you, Jackie, that she loves the way that you synthesize magic and make it in a very, very practical um, uh a down-to-earth way in which it's actually encouraged her to get in touch with her witchy side. Ooh, wow. Am I even worthy of that compliment? Wow. I know. Thank you very much. I even I, I told you you weren't worthy, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Just so we could nullify that right away. <laughs> there's a, there's Don't worry a... when I tell her something about me and I say, you know, I'm really a dirtbag, but... <laughs> Oh my God! By the end of season two, I'm going to be talking about having coffee and and it's all like butter, you know. But I'll I'll be so I'll be so New York Jewish. It's going to be ridiculous. But um, uh, there's um, I want to talk about the 20 steps of Teshuvah. I wanted yeah. I want you to take me through those. But I just wanted to talk about something that's still challenging me, um, which is um, when you get a compliment saying that you're not worthy. Or being humbled by it versus having your ego grow. Uh-huh. Um, because one of the things you said is that when you get a compliment or when you get um, some good energy in your life, um, you want to keep it in balance. So a lot of folks in of the Jewish tradition will say, I'm not worthy or, or something like that. Um, now, I, I when I get a compliment or when somebody says, your candles have worked so well in my life, I'm humbled. And I say that I'm uh-huh. so humbled. I'm so humbled by, by the fact that you have chosen to bring... Um, this magic into your life, you know, that, that's a huge commitment. Somebody deciding to spend money on this, wow, that's huge. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm very humbled by that. But I'm having trouble with that. I'm not worthy because I think the divine thinks I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. And and that's really one of the things that I've battled with my entire life is worthiness. 
Well, so this is really hitting my button. So what's since the divine thinks you're worthy, why do you have to sit around and think that you're worthy? Well, I've I've thought I've been unworthy for so long mm-hmm. that finally saying it's okay, I'm I'm worthy has been um, I should take care of myself or or I should um, be a be a part of this world or I you know it's okay that I speak my mind. I'm worthy enough to speak my mind. Um, has been a challenge for me in my life. So, well, I think that part of the balance, Jackie, is in fact that when you're doing these self-defeating mechanisms in your head, in which you're saying, "I'm not worthy," "I'm a piece of crap," you know, "I never do this right," "I never do it as that right," or anybody else says that to you, you have the counterbalance of, "I still have the light of God inside of me." Mm-hmm. And it's really all more about that particular particular type of balance. And I, it basically what it is is so that you don't begin to um, transform that particular energy that that individual is giving you. Into ego. Into ego. So really when when you get a compliment, it's, it's more like I'm so grateful to be able to bring the light through. Yes, because in Kabbalah, you know, in some spiritual systems, ego is a bad thing. In Kabbalah, it's not, okay? In Kabbalah, it's an amazing and powerful tool, but there's a catch. <laughs> That just cracks me up because I always say that. As long as you are trying to create light with your ego or your ego is connected to the future, Mm -hmm. it's fine. If your ego is connected to what you did yesterday, it's not fine. Oh, I love that. I love that. If your ego is connected to yesterday, um, it's not fine. You're right because that's when it gets inflated. That's when you can rest upon those laurels. But when your ego is connected to the future... And I, I think ego is a great motivator. Ego teaches us boundaries. Mm-hmm. Ego teaches us how to take care of ourselves, how to how to um, work towards acting in a worthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I always I think ego can be a good thing. Now unchecked, Woo-hoo, watch out. I know. <laughs> uh, but but I, and I think that's a nice lead into the teshuva because ego sure. is what gets us into trouble. Yes. So now teshuva is a nullification or a repentance of behavior or things or events that have happened in your life that you've done or um, you've experienced and it's created a block or Mm -hmm. a a bad seed or a fear. Or a short circuit. Or a short circuit. That's the better. I'm going to use that word, short circuit. Um. I'm writing it down. Can you see, hear me pause? Yeah. <laughs> bad bad radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, now, these ten steps, and we're going to take... <laughs> She's already got rid of ten. She didn't want to... <laughs> yeah, I usually stop at number ten, actually, as I look at, <laughs> look yeah. at it. Um, these 20, 20, 20, T-W-E-N-T-Y steps of Teshuva. And you know what? It should be 20. Yeah. It's not easy doing this. It's not no, a quick it's not. thing. So, first one, regret. Um, regret is the realization that you did something wrong, that you did something that was not in alignment with um, your continued connection to the light. You explained regret in, in a great way the other day. Do you remember what you said? No, tell me. Uh, no, I was hoping you remembered it. <laughs> I think it's 
shame that I, <laughs> I explained in a great way. You did. Um, you did ex- explain shame in a beautiful way, um, but there was something about regret. regret is uh, ba- basically, in essence, regret is when you realize that you realize that your actions have been disconnected from the light, this or you've is- been disconnected from your magical source. Okay. So that's the first. And the first step is you. If you don't regret what you've done, you got nothing. You're yes. just gonna keep going. Nothing's worth. Nothing's gonna move from there. And You're I, in your ego. You don't think it's a big deal. You don't. You you don't conceptually realize anything. You don't understand the cause and effect of it. Nothing. Now, what about regret that comes from other people, like other people's? Um, you've you've taken care of yourself, and and the guilt of other people, the the pressure from other people. Um, that's their problem. Okay. That's their so, correction. But if you start feeling regret over that, go ahead and go through the twenty steps. Yeah. And then you might find out that. Oh, this regret is causing me to say, "I I need to stand up for myself" or whatever. Yeah. So either way, it's gonna it's gonna take you through what you need to do. Stop the wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. Um. Stop picking at it. I think it's not only stop do, picking at it, but it's when you make the conscious choice that you can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is a little bit different than surrender. Um, it's just the conscious choice of uh, not doing it e- anymore or attempting to not do it anymore. No, I think we stop at one and two over and over again. Uh, I, I will tell you, and this is where I may need some help with people preying on me on some issues, mm-hmm. and I'm sure everybody else out there, we're still on two. <laughs> right. No, I mean, seriously. <clears throat> okay, so I'm, I said, <clears throat> I say my prayers. I say my prayers to all my divine allies. And and the angels, and one of the prayers I've been saying lately is, <clears throat> help me make better choices for my body. Help me make better choices on what I put in my body. Um, I was just saying that this this afternoon before lunch, and I had a half a sandwich and a vegetable, um, broccoli vegetable salad ready for me. And I'm I'm, I'm like, okay, that's what that's my good choice. I'm going to do. And then I hear from. Um, Patty, that she brought a bunch of leftovers from her niece's shower, and they're in the fridge here at work. And it's brisket and pork and beans and mac and cheese and t- potato salad. So I'm like, oh, well, I'll just have that because I don't want that to go bad. And I ate it, and I went, oh, my God. I made a conscious choice that I wanted to do something different, and I didn't do it. I was I was getting a little mad at myself, and I'm like, so... Why did I do that? Why did I make that? So that I, I, I will tell you why. Why? The satan is very good. The satan, quote unquote, the, or quote unquote, the opponent mm-hmm. is very, very good and is very, very smart, and it knows our area of weakness. Mm-hmm. And it will trick us into our area of weakness um, uh, in in two particular seconds. And your weakness, um, uh, you know being food, okay, Um, uh, he he will trick you into that in the quickest way possible so that before you know it, you're back at number two. Right. So so I'm moving into number three, which is introspection. Yes. Um, Introspection is when you start to go through a process, um, when you realize you need to stop what you're doing, and you start to think about the real problem, okay? In my case, it is approval addiction. Um, uh, uh, in your case, it may be needing t- to seek nourishment from something that may be unhealthy for you. No, I know exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, I want my fair share. 
Yeah. I want my share. I want, um, so, yeah, it's a scarcity thing. Okay. I know, it, because you know why I went and got this? Because this is offered up to everybody in the factory, and what if it's gone and I just wanted to taste? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that actually goes back to your childhood with 900 children and mm-hmm. one pizza. Exactly. And one soda. Right. One box of six popsicles with nine kids. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, number four, remorse and pain. Now, I have to tell you I had a stomachache, but... <laughs> remorse and pain remorse. really doesn't have to do with that. <laughs> remorse and pain is when you're able to see the big picture of everything that has happened as a result of your behavior. This is a difficult one because when you look at, for example, with with approval addiction, um, because I spent so much time seeking other people's approval, Jackie, I never let them get to know who I really was. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, you know, a lot of my relationships have ended up being destructive, have ended up, um, you know, um, being disabled or diminished as a result of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know that there is, but being able to see that big picture um, uh, begins to look, uh, you know, because I think that it really has to do with, you know, what ends up being a dysfunction is a bunch of little small things, not one big thing. It's a bunch of little small things kind of gathered together that kind of coagulate like a cancer in our lives. Um, um, and it's not. I don't think it's the the um, remorse and pain. I don't think it's the Pavlovian response. I don't think yeah. it's. It's okay now. You only have a couple of friends. Kind of big yeah. picture. I think it's the the bigger picture that includes the entire time frame. So it's not just oh, part of my plantar fasciitis being aggravated is because I'm sixty pounds overweight. Yes. You know, my knees hurt because I'm sixty pounds overweight. That's more of the Pavlovian response. It's more of the cause and effect mm-hmm. versus the remorse and pain. I think with the the big thing that I have to look at it is that. I've kept myself apart. I feel um, um, I've always felt less than. Mm-hmm. Again, when you feel less than, you're not getting your fair share of attention. Yeah. Um, so you you know so so it's like I put myself. Um, I always put myself in the back of the room, which is so fascinating that I actually teach classes and get in the front of the room, and you call me glamorous. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that's that's what it is. Well, because I think, you know, and, and, and one of the things that I think is interesting with you dealing with this is because of the fact that I think that you're an individual that is comfortable being a big girl. Mm-hmm. I think that you're very comfortable being in your own skin. I think that this has come up to you now because of the physical difficulties that are a result of, you know, like back pain, leg pain. Right. You know, so it has more to do with the physical impediments and what you're missing out and not being able to do your, you know, to get your share as a result of the limitations. Well, yes and no, Um, because I because I always when I what I've been trained is from child on is that if you're fat, you're less than. You are a second class citizen if you're fat. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely something that my mother taught me from from birth on. And she would talk about people who are fat, and here I was a chubby kid. I mean, it's really that, that. so really she, here's a little insight that I'm having right at this moment. She really drilled into me that I'm a second-class citizen and not worthy of. Mm-hmm. And that um, in doing something for myself is, is never a worthwhile cause. 
I can, it only works if I do it for somebody else. That's a big message. So I think that that's kind of part of the remorse and pain is that I've kept myself in that. I've kept myself in that place of, of um, should I do this for myself or should I do this for something else? Yeah, because the interesting thing about food is that the purpose of food, Kabbalistically, is to ingest light, to transfer the food. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're actually correcting either the animal or the vegetable or um, whatever, Uh the brain. Um, Their particular correction involves providing sustenance Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to two people, okay, and we're converting that particular sustenance into light. Okay, all right. So we we're not going to get through twenty if we keep keep yeah. saying this. Okay, concern about the consequence. Um, that's number five, by the way. Sure. It, it basically, you know, if you continue to do this behavior, basically, it, uh, uh, you know, what the results of that will be. So this is a Pavlovian response. Yes. Okay. So this is oh, my knees hurt. Yeah. I'm huffing when I go up the stairs. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is, here's the big one is shame. And I loved what you had to say about shame. First of all, people have to get rid of the external concept of uh, of shame. Um, shame in Kabbalah is internal, not external. It's when you realize how little that you have settled for in regards to your life in regards to the particular action that you did. Um, uh, in other words, the light may have had a big, huge, gigantic basket of light for you, but you settled for a little tiny box. You settled for a little of what it is that you could have received. Gotcha. That's fascinating. That That is, and it's not just, um, I mean, you really think about the moments where you felt shameful. Is that... Mm-hmm. It, it is. It's it's kind of a regret. It's, it's close to regret, but um, it's really um, touching it. So where's your shame here? So what what are we supposed to do with number six and shame? We're supposed to understand our shame? I what think we're shame? supposed to understand that we settled for very, very little, that we could have had much more. But because we've allowed the self-defeating behavior to control us, that we've settled for very little. Okay. You know, and I just have to say that I am so grateful for my husband <laughs> because he is so very, very much during a time when I was settling so very, very little. He broke the way through. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Submission in your heart. Um, It's when you start to feel humble. You're willing to feel it. Okay. Yeah. Which is not shame. Humble is no. not shame. And and if I was to, and one of the things that Storm, you and I have talked about is that my issues around money are, are really, I think, tied in with and really connected with exactly my issues around um, food. Mm-hmm. I think they're the exact same thing. And so I've been working on them parallel. And one of the, um, I had I had some moments this morning, a cha- another challenge that, that made its way to me. And I have reacted differently to that in the past. I freaked out. I've cried. I've pulled my hair out, I've I've stopped all forward motion so I could bemoan this and grieve it. Uh-huh. And this time I said, we're going to get through it. We know how to get through it. We've done this before. Um, I, you know, I'm, I, I understand what we did here. I understand where we, where, where we went wrong. And I, and I, um, and I don't have the answers to fix it. And I was starting to play that tape of I give up in my head, and I go, I don't give up, I surrender. 
Mm-hmm. I surrender. I surrender this because I don't know what's next. I think that this one here is also when you start to let the light run the show rather than trying to run it on your own. Right. Yeah. Okay, so what's the difference between number seven, submission in your heart and submission in the way you act? The heart is feeling humble. Mm-hmm. And the submission in the way that you act is that you don't need feel the need to do those actions anymore. Okay. Um, I understand that. Do that one's self-explanatory. Okay. <laughs> Cleansing from physical desire. This is where you go from the that you don't feel the need to do it anymore to where you question, how could I even want to do that? You know, um, your physical desires for it, the physical 1% level is minimized greatly. Okay. I'm going to ask you about number 10, and then we're going to recap on these 10 10 real quick. Be proactive in the area of negativity. It's where you come to a place where the actions that you're doing are connected to the area that you're having problems with. In other words, true sharing. Right. Okay, so so instead of saying I give up, I just fucking give up. Mm-hmm. Oops, I'm not supposed to swear in this show. I just give up. I said no, I surrender this. Yeah, is really being proactive in that area of negativity. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about these ten really quick. Are these things that you have to actively do or contemplate or work on or journal about? Is this something that that just starts to happen? What I think it's both. I think okay. that there's. I think that you do need to take a look at them. But I think that even the knowledge. I, I think that magic works on two levels, Kabbalistic or regular. The knowledge I think is really important because of the fact that it lets you know that there is a different way. Okay. And then I think that doing helps you to kind of disconnect yourself from it. This so smacks of the 12 steps, just so you know. <laughs> it really does. Um, and, and that's a whole other show. Yeah. Okay. Number 11, rediscovering the proper path back to the drawing board. Oh, that's like my number four, five in my seven steps. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Rediscovering the proper path is that if you're going through a circumstance where each year you're dealing with the same issue over and over and over and over, and you're like the Israelites circling the same mountain over and over and over and over again, okay, um, basically it usually means that the problem is not the real problem that there is a deeper particular problem that needs to be worked on rather than the external problem. Now, for example, um, uh, uh, you could go from the particular perspective with with my issue, Jackie, and state that, you know what, the, the problem is really people-pleasing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked on people-pleasing for years and years and years. <laughs> As I went around that mountain or over and over, <laughs> you know, again, and always ending up at a point where I'm complaining and bitching and moaning and why aren't people doing what they need to do and uh, all of this other stuff. The connection here is is when you realize, like for me, it's not the people-pleasing, it is approval addiction. In other words, I need people out there to tell me you're okay. And why do you need that? Because um, you don't, you haven't learned how to tell yourself yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, I was interjecting. Oh, we need to speed this along. 
<laughs> well, interject as you need to. Uh, but but it's something that we've talked about before. Yeah. It's that it's that you know, and this is why I have the problem with that I'm not worthy. Um, but I think it's changing that into I'm grateful to be um, a channel of the light. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very grateful and humbled to be a channel of the light. Um, but um, I just think it's it's you were all aspects of approval were, were stripped from you, so you don't know how to do it. Yeah. So that's what I think. Okay. So understanding the severity of the negative actions. Okay. Now, how this is doesn't it have anything than, to do with anybody else. How is it different from remorse and pain? Remorse and pain is where you feel the big picture of everything that you have done mm-hmm. and everything that has happened as a result of your behavior. Mm-hmm. This here is understanding the impact of what it is that you've done and also that the biggest impact is is that you disconnected and blocked out the light from working in your life. Okay. So that is the severity. One of the sides in um, uh, uh, Kabbalah, one side of the tree is called mercy. The other is called severity. Okay. So it's basically where you have disconnected yourself um, from allowing the light to channel, to channel through you. So really it's it's feeling the emptiness. Yes. It's going and grasping that emptiness and feeling the severity Absolutely. of that emptiness that's dictated by whatever it is that you are um, trying to nullify or you're repenting about. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Ex- emphasizing the impact and importance of every small action. Um. I think that this is what I what I said uh, earlier about um, realizing and becoming conscious, okay, more so than anything else. Becoming conscious that this little thing and this little thing and this little thing and this little thing and this little thing, this little thing turned into a big monster. Um, uh, you know, realizing, you know, the fact that I was sexually abused, realizing the fact that um, I got very little validation as a child, realizing that unless I was perfect, I would never be accepted. Uh, You know, these are little small things that coagulated into approval addiction. So it's not just, you know, all the different calories I snack on all day becomes, you know, an extra thousand calories in my day. No. It's um, I'm writing, I need a snack in front of me. I'm um, going to have a different co- typical conversation, so I need to pour myself another cup of coffee. It's, yes. Um, all that stuff. It's it's the it's the response, the call and response. It's the the um, but it's also, but more than that, it's it's all the little pieces that add up to support this food addiction. Yeah, it's even the you know, and the having sex. Um, uh, uh, popsicles in a box for nine kids. Yeah. It's all of it. Okay. And all of your reactions to that coagulated together to form a monster. Okay, so number 14 is confession, and honey, we've been doing it. Oh, well, this is also, I will tell you that this is interesting. Kabbalistically, what it says that the reason for confession is, Jackie, is going from I need to work on approval addiction is to I am addicted to approval. And it is supposed to be a circumstance that is very difficult to admit because everybody outside of you is now going to know that this person is seeking approval. Mm-hmm. You know, every person out there is going to know basically what is going on inside of your guts. And it's a very um, uh, uh, difficult, 
difficult thing to admit, but at the same time, it frees you. Okay. So, um, so I admit I'm addicted to approval. But, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's vulnerability. That's yeah. really owning owning what you're saying and owning what you're doing and it's being vulnerable about it. Okay. This is the one I love. Chase opportunities for actions of truth and sharing. No, isn't the next one? Connect and ask for mercy. Fourteen to fifteen. Oh. Yeah, can, Jackie, you wanted to run away from the best one. I know. Connect and ask for mercy. Wow, I I just jumped right down there. Um, connect and ask for mercy. Oh, that is the best one. Go to a place of understanding that it can all be turned around. Okay. Everything. Mhm. Yep. No matter how bad, no matter if you're the lowest dirt bag on the planet, which I have been at times, um, uh, you, you know, you're the biggest food junkie. You know, you're in the middle of the store, and that's all that you want to do is pour Oreos on top of you and eat. Um, you know, it can all be turned around. I can choose to not eat that Oreo. I can choose to not seek out other people's approval. Well, that's that is so. After eating the eating the barbecue, going, I need help. You know, actually yeah. in the middle of even in the middle of it. You know, connecting. It, you know, it, you're you're displacing the negativity of it. You're displacing the regret. The, you're the the repentance. And with um, the light, with the divine. Let me say just one more thing, and then we have to take a break real fast. Um, Connecting and asking for mercy, I think, is very, very difficult for a lot of people because they don't feel that they necessarily deserve it. Yes. And um, basically, the word mercy um, in Kabbalah is you don't deserve it, but guess what? You get it anyway. (laughs) Uh, To everybody just kind of hang on in there Cruise on over to CoventryCreations.com Again, cruise on over to CoventryCreations.com Which is our sponsor Jackie and I will be right back in a moment Do not touch that dial
with Keep It Magic. How's everybody doing today? We are going to wrap up the show in the last half hour to the last few um, steps of Teshuvah. And um, since I tend to skip over number 16, 17, 18, <laughs> so we'll do that. And um, and I'm Jackie Smith, and we're on with Storm Sestavani. And by the way, um, you will want this archive. So about 30 minutes after the show, you can get it at iTunes by doing a search on Keep It Magic or Storm Sestavani. Searching on Jackie Smith is useless. There's a lot of us. Um, you can get it on iTunes. You can get it through Blog Talk. Uh, and you can get it on keepitmagic.com. But we tend to do those archives by hand, and we're training a new guy, so that might be a week. <laughs> <laughs> it is currently, everybody, 5.04 after the hour here on the East Coast. It is... 2.04 on the West Coast and every single hour in between. Cruise on over to our sponsor at CoventryCreations.com and um, get some candles while you're over there. We're going to be talking about candles in just a minute. Mm-hmm. Which one's next, Jackie? Um, we say connect and ask for mercy. Fix the distortion. Okay. That's called get a new mirror. Yeah. <laughs> it's where you go back to the past and change the action. This is my favorite part. Um, this is where you go back to the past. You visualize 
certain circumstances and events, and you may even have to go back to the past when you get another event in your head and correct that particular seed level over a period of several days. You know, one level may lead to another level, which may lead to another level. Right. Now, the other thing that it says is when it's appropriate, based upon timing or receptivity, you attempt to correct it, meaning if you've done some form of hurt to somebody else but they're, uh, you know, and they're receptive to you, you can make that particular amends. If they're not receptive to you, do not do it. That's true, true, because you don't want to put yourself in danger and make it worse or anything like that. Um, But um, let me tell you something. Quick, quick story. So as I was first learning this from from Storm, learning about Teshuvah, and we talked about fix the distortion, and I had a moment of... Um, had a moment concerning um, my mother being afraid to write something in, in the book that we're writing that it might offend her or something like that. So I froze. I really froze. I said, oh, there's something here. So I went back to fix it, and I found I found a vow. I found, um, so I went back in the Akashic Records. This is very much Akashic Record work, too, which is very exciting. Um, so I found that three-year-old Jackie, who's trying to give her mother all the love in the world and made a vow, and I was still trying to keep that vow going. Well, I fixed that, and then I found all the threads to all the different things that um, that affected in my life, and I cleared that. My parents showed up at the factory the next day. The next day. Oh, my God, that's all. My mother, every time she'd been seeing me up until um, a couple of days ago, every time she saw me, she she would... She would look at me and she would say something horrible to me. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, you're gaining weight. Oh my God, what did you do to your hair? Don't you ever shower? You know, whatever. You know, you're, you know, it's something horrible. And um, this time she saw me. She smiled and she said, "Oh, it's so. I'm so happy to see you." <laughs> I mean, I just. But but here I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> but that's not that's not where I fixed the distortion. That's not what happened. Um, what happened is I kissed her, I hugged her, and I said, "Mom, I love you too. I'm happy to see you." And then I ended our 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 conversation because because she gets mean after that. Uh-huh. But instead of sitting there and waiting for the next mean thing and the next mean thing and start adding them up and putting them in my pocket so they they create this giant ball of, oh, this was a sucky afternoon, I walked away. Mm-hmm. That was the fix. Yes. That was the fix. So anyway, okay, number 17, chase opportunities for actions of truth and sharing. It's where you seek wisdom, um, where you be- start to become conscious, where you start to be there for other people, um, and it's where you t- take advantage of any opportunity to share. In other words, um, if uh, you know you're talking to an individual and they're, oh, you don't understand me and all of this other stuff, and you know that the light has kind of just dropped you in their particular life for a reason, you know, you say, you know what? Let me tell you something. I am addicted to approval. I love it. I love it when people give it to me momentarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it is um, my problem. So, you know, uh, you can definitely work to get out of this particular situation. Right. Yep. And usually, you know, yeah, I get it. I get it. Chase opportunities for actions of truth and sharing. So basically saying, you know what, rather than going out to dinner, why don't we take a walk? 
because I'm I'm you yeah. know whenever I'm around food I have a hard time making good decisions. So I want to make a good decision right now. Well, the other thing that is interesting in, in regards to Kabbalah um, is that your purpose for studying Kabbalah is not to sit around and talk about your problems. Your purpose for studying Kabbalah is so that you have a set of tools so that although that you may be uh, you may be addicted to approval today, like I am, mm-hmm. um, tomorrow you have the tools to do it. It may not be immediate. The change may not be immediate, but you now have the tools to do it. I don't and are you going to use them? I lo- yes, absolutely. And the change can't be immediate. If the change was immediate and there was no work involved in that, then we wouldn't be hesitant to make mistakes. <laughs> yeah. You know, if it's if that tattoo wasn't permanent, if that wait, if that tattoo didn't hurt so much, who cares if it was permanent or not? Yeah. Right? So there you go. Okay, number eighteen. Always be aware of the potential to fall again exactly in the same place. You know, one of the things that the rap says, who is the um the head of Kabbalah in the United States, um he says that working on something and changing something is not an event. It's a lifestyle. And he, he says that basically always being aware of the potential to fall again means never, ever, 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 ever again can you go back to a place where you feel that you have corrected it. That it's over, it's done, you're no, long, no longer a food addict, you're no longer an approval addict. Um, because basically, it's in the DNA of your correction, and you can fall at any moment. Yep, it's ain't that the truth? Yeah, ain't that, that's really the truth. I mean, how many? I have lost more weight than I weigh now in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Seriously, and if you add what I've gained too, I've have lost and gained two of me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And for example, you know, I can use the same example. I have accomplished more in my particular lifetime um, on my own that didn't need anybody's approval, okay, um, <laughs> than the approval that I'm looking for. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Handling tests in the same area. That's because you're always going to be tested again. That's the satan. Yeah. Um, this is sit back and wait for the universe to send you the test again. Mm-hmm. They, well, I don't, does the universe send you the test again, or do you send yourself the test again? Um, basically, according to Kabbalah, is that you wait for the universe to send you the test. So I'm going to okay. go with the universe. Okay. Because <laughs> I think that, you know, as we... I think, and I also think the test always changes as you are uncovering. See, when well, let's go back to that always be aware of the potential to fall again in exactly the same place. As I'm writing the Akashic Record books, and as and as I'm proving different theories, and as I work with different people, I, I work with myself. I, I think you're right. I think that this may always be in your DNA. Um, but do you do you move? Do you, do you own it or does it own you? And so, yep, there's going to be different tests for different ways of different parts of those those things because you're here, whether you believe in multi-lives or not, but you're here in this lifetime to really master this one thing and learn it from every angle. Yeah. Um, helping others with the same issue change. 
Um, when you when you can, you become a <laughs> so twelve steps. Sorry. When you can, you become an inspirational channel for other people. Um, you know, let's talk about that for a second. It's very powerful and it works very much. Um, I know this because the times when I've lost the most weight is when I was leading the group. Mhm. Interesting. I was leading the group. I was. I, a friend of mine and I had put together a low-carb support group. And I had to keep losing weight for all these people Yeah. to prove that I know what I'm talking about. So that was a little ego, too. So you can get stuck in that. In, in the, you can get stuck in your ego in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's but it's true. When, I, when I'm um, humble enough to work with other people on it, it keeps me in check. Absolutely. And that's a 12-step in, in AA and in, in all of the addictive things. Mm-hmm. Is that is that you help others? You be of service. Yeah. So being of service is is just really that's that keeps you in touch with the light. That keeps you in touch with your divine allies. It's big time, big time. I tell you. Yeah, it's definitely one of the most um, uh, important things. Now, one of the things that, and here is a trick also. There is an invisible sephirot, which is called daya. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly enough, that particular sephirot is um, considered the chaos sephirot. Um, whenever you shift the system, okay, in other words, whenever you change the system from being a reactive creature to a proactive creature, mm-hmm. the satan doesn't understand that particular chaotic system, so he can't use it against you anymore. Okay, say that again. Let's let's review that because this is important. Okay. The invisible sephirot, which is called deyot, is a sephirot, which is basically the gateway to chaos. Okay. Okay. Because of the fact that it's when you move from being a in your own ego in the one percent realm, and you switch back from the tree of good and evil to the tree of life. Um, Basically what happens is that you get rid of the Satan, he can't affect you at that particular point, and you trick him. And and you trick him through Da'at? You trick him through Da'at, yeah. Da'at. Sorry, I was initially taught that was Da'at, so you know how you get that first pronunciation. Well, some people do that because it rhymes with Ma'at. I thought it was from a sci-fi show that I watched many years ago, <laughs> and there was a Da'an, <laughs> which is spelled similar. So, okay, um, why I don't understand the connection between Dayat and and chaos because and the switch. Dayat rules the unconscious world. Okay, and Satan is the ruler of the one percent realm. The unconscious is part of the 99% realm. Okay, so when you start moving towards, as a, as a in this process, mm-hmm. when you start moving towards working in the tree of life, working with mm-hmm. the light, that that moves you through dayat, and mm-hmm. it moves you through that chaos that the satan cannot affect. Yes, because you've now created a chaotic system. You've corrected the short circuit. And basically, at that particular point, the satan can no longer. Because you've moved from the one yeah. percent to the ninety-nine. Yes. 
Okay. And that's why he will use your weakness to try to get you back in that tree. Okay, so back to, um, again, looking at looking at this whole process, is that um, this process puts you back on the tree of life mm-hmm. and takes you off of, of the tree of good and evil. Yes. This process gets you closer to the divine. Yes. And the point of getting closer to the divine is just is having a better life. Yes. In other words, it, it, to put it in a pagan sort of way, Right. Um, you open yourself up to the magical world. Yep. You're making magic with all this. And you might be doing some of this on and off, and you don't even know it. Well, it, 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 you, you're, you're, it, it's not just limited to the month of Elul to do this. You can do this at any time. It's just we're more conscious of our garbage during the month of Elul. So um, there's, there's lots of candle magic here. Uh, talk to me. Talk to me. Okay. I've got no pan out. Okay. So first of all, um, you could just do one candle. Um, I would. You could. You could just do the spiritual cleansing candle or the needed change banishing candle mm-hmm. um, throughout the whole process, and and just know that you're doing it. You know, it, you're letting that support you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Um, Okay, but if I was to start pulling different candles going through this, the um, regret and stop the wrongdoings, stability, um, introspection, introspection, remorse, and pain, concern of the consequences, vision quest, um, shame, submission in your heart, and submission in the way you act. Um, I see inspiration air just because that's that knowing mm-hmm. or I see um, spirit guides um, cleansing from physical desires being proactive well cleansing from physical desires I think that that's something that you can have an uncrossing going or a spiritual cleansing going mm-hmm. or um, um, and then being proactive in the area of negativity as a guardian protector and I would do that one, and I would invite in um, um, angelic energy or divine divine helper energy, um, so it holds it maintains holding that space for you while you go through the process. Mm-hmm. Um, rediscovering the proper path back to the drawing board. Um, road opener. Road opener. Thanks. Yep. And helping hand. Understanding the severity. Oh, actually, helping hand is understanding the severity of the negative actions, and emphasizing the impact and importance of every small action. Um, that one, um, I, I would have to say that one is more the ancestral guidance and a spirit guide because it takes you back. Uh-huh. It takes you back to your roots. It takes that memory thing. Maybe even the inspiration air for that one. Um, Confession. Um, on that one, um, I would definitely do the needed change banishing. I would do um, the spiritual cleansing. I would do the uncrossing. Because what you're doing is when you confess it, you are releasing it. Mm-hmm. Um, connect and ask for mercy. Um, that one would be... Um, 
you know, you know, pops into my head. Grief. What? Grief. Grief. I don't know why. It just just feels like it because it raises your vibrations. Mhm. Um. Or or I would do the sacred space. Yeah. Sacred space, astral travel, all of those will do that. I, I like those even better. Um. Fix the distortion. Talk to me about that one again. That's just. It, it's going back to the past to change the action. Oh no, that one, that one definitely spirit guide ancestral changing the past. Definitely on that one. Oh yeah, and heart. Heart helps you release that. Absolutely, I like that for heart. Chase. Oh, actually, chase opportunities for action and of truth and sharing is heart as well. So those two are heart and spirit guide. Always be aware of the potential to fall again exactly in the same place. Protection. Anything to do with protection, fiery wall of protection. Mm-hmm. Handling tests in the same area. I would go um, back again to um, to stability earth and helping others with the same issue um, would be healing. Would you add an inner balance to that 19 also? Yes, inner balance, yeah. Thanks, because I was doing this off the top of my head. Yeah. Sometimes I forget about some of them. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, inner balance, I'm sorry. Inner balance throughout the... keeping. Actually, let's go back to inner balance for a second. Mm-hmm. Even if you're using different candles for the different aspects of it, I would keep an inner balance candle going to keep you balanced throughout this whole thing. Now, if I was going to go down to three mm-hmm. and do an REM. Okay. I Remove, would do energize, manifest. Okay. On crossing, need to change everything and then some. That's a lovely combination. That's a lovely combination. And I might even do three of each. Boom, boom, boom in a row. Yeah, do it again and again and again. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I like that. I mean, you know, in a lot of these, trying to do them step by step, I was trying to condense them into groups, but then I went step by step. But I like that, and because it's a process, this isn't one. This is not a one day, one week process. That's why we're usually working on one thing for the entire month or the entire year. Well, the interesting thing, so that people know, is that you will be doing a new seven step next week. And you may see a lot of this in there. You are. You're absolutely going to see a lot of this in there. And um, and we're we've got. I, it's amazing how we open the door to talking about health and food and all this other stuff for the month of September. Because mm-hmm. it's what I'm what I'm working with. And so I said, let's do it. And then it's amazing how much stuff just came to the forefront we haven't even talked about. Yes. We didn't even talk about this great article that you sent me or the great articles I sent you. We haven't talked about the conflicting points of view of, of what's good to eat, what's not good to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I did do, though, as what? far as um, chasing opportunities of truth and sharing? Yeah. Um, there is a, um, at, at the, ho- the local hospital, there is a weight management um, group. Oh, interesting. And so you're working with dietitians and all that other stuff. Because i got to be honest with you, I'm kind of a professional I can tell you what to do, but um, when it comes down to me, I, I start looking at a menu or 
or at the grocery store or trying to figure out what I'm going to eat for the week. And my brain goes into 40 different directions. Do I have carbs? Do I have, don't have carbs? Should I do fat? Should I not do fat? So is it is it the organic stuff or the not organic? Should I do this? There's there's hormones in my milk. And, and you just, like, I, I freeze. Yeah. And so um, and I think I need to not be in charge of this. How about that? Yeah. I'm totally submitting. <laughs> I, I, I think that, you know, one of the things that I think, and I just want to share this and then we have to go, of course, because we're done. Oh. The Kabbalistic definition of prayer is 100% allowing the light to run the show. Yeah. It's submitting and allowing the light to run the show or the magical system to run the show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and letting it just come... And, and stop trying to to um, dictate its outcome because its its outcome is going to when you're working with your divine allies when you're working um, with the light and I and I know there's magicians who will completely magical practitioners who completely disagree with me because you go to your magic to work with them um, three three days three to twenty one days blah 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 boom you know and and if not you just did it wrong or you didn't put enough emphasis I have a different take on it. If it's not working the way you think it's going to work, there's a different issue involved. Yeah, I agree with you. Different, but if you work within personal evolution, within bringing more light into your life, with becoming um, a higher being, mm-hmm. then then um, your your rewards are going to be that much greater. I think that a Kabbalah agrees with you also, because if you keep burning the same candles and keep circling the same mountain over and over and over. <laughs> It's probably a different issue that you're needing to work on. <laughs> exactly. So on that note, what are we working on next? Um, we are going to be doing on our next show is going to be movement in magic. We're going to be getting physical. <laughs> don't play that song. Please, yeah. God, don't play that song. No, I'm not going to play that song. Um, <laughs> I'll find some more, you know, really, you know, pop, 12-year-old pop song so that we can, you know, have fun. Uh, to reach Jackie off the air, of course, go to CoventryCreations.com, which is also our sponsor. Um, all of the candles that we mentioned today are available at CoventryCreations.com, www.CoventryCreations.com. To reach me off the air, go to StormFestivani.com. And our show website is www.KeepItMagic.com. What do they need to do, Jackie? They need to keep it magic. Speak like to everybody. We'll see you next week. feels perfect, other days it just ain't working, the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between, yo it's crazy, amazing, we can turn our heart through the words we say, mountains crumble with every syllable, hope can live or die, so speak Words from my lips is the arms of compassion.
passion, mountains crumble with every syllable. Hey. 